Well, I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles to um, the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, and reading from verse 15 is the same passage that we looked at last Lord's Day. We never finished, and we're sort of going to go back to it. Um, John's Gospel, chapter 14, and beginning our reading at verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious and infallible word to our hearts. Let's just unite together at the throne of grace in prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we thank thee for the opportunity of waiting upon thee today. And we do thank thee that in this world of trouble and turmoil, we have one who is the comforter. And our Father, we pray that thou wouldst draw near in thy comfort and grace to our hearts now lift us up that we might behold thee, for it's in Jesus' precious name that we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Now, last time we were thinking about the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and we thought about what it says here in verses 15 to 18. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. And we thought about that tremendous promise that there is, we said about this world being a world which has a great emphasis on comfort today. We uh, do not dare trigger anybody as the phrase is today in universities, in colleges. Uh, students are mollycoddled and they're kept in uh, cotton wool in case somebody might say something to them that would offend them in any way. And uh, there's anxiety on all sorts of sides. And when somebody gets into a place where something is said to them, it seems to be that they almost go hysterically at times when you look at some of them. But we thought about how this world is so uh, intent on comforting itself and uh, safeguarding itself from any anxiety or worry or anything that might in any way uh, mar their enjoyment of this world. We said that there was a survey done earlier in the year, and it said that 
60% of UK adults had experienced anxiety that interfered with their lives in the past fortnight. We said, it said that almost three quarters or 73% had felt anxious at least sometime in the last two weeks. And we thought about the tremendous emphasis upon comfort. And we said then, have we ever thought about the fact that there's the emphasis upon comfort? And we said it was a, a marker of the fact that there is no comfort in this world. This world is a world of anxiety and trouble, and it's a world that there are many fears and people are anxious, and there is no comfort. And we said then that then it is a tremendous thing that the Lord would promise one who would be a comforter. He said when he went, when he left this world, that he would not leave us comfortless, but he would send one, another of the same sort, who would be a comforter. He said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. And we thought then about the ways in which the Holy Spirit comes to comfort God's people. And the first way is the comfort of the Scriptures. Now, I'm not going to uh, emphasize, but just to summarize what we said last week, um, we thought about verse 26 there, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And we thought about the tremendous comfort that there is in the Word of God. The Lord has sent us his truth. And we thought about the Holy Spirit being the revealer of truth. He's the one who has inspired the Bible. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And the Apostle Peter said in first, 2 Peter 1 and 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And we thought about that and we said, in a world that is so unpredictable, in a world that is marred by sin, we often think, and one of the causes of anxiety is not knowing what's going to happen. Is there a plan? Is there a purpose in this world? Because if there's no plan and purpose and everything is just random, as the atheists tell us that it is, that there's no form or plan or purpose in anything. Well, that's a tremendous source of anxiety because we don't know what's going to happen. But the Word of God is something that tells us that there is a plan. We have the prophecies of God's precious Word. And though this is a world marred by sin, and there are things that take place that are untoward. Yet we know that we have a God who is in charge of all things, and that's a tremendous source of comfort. And then we thought about the Holy Spirit as the remembrance of, remembrance of truth. He would bring all things to remembrance, he says. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And we said that that primarily is speaking of the apostles, of the disciples, 
how that the Lord would bring to their remembrance all that he had said so that they would be able to put it down in the word of God. And that's the primary reference there. But we also said that the Holy Spirit is a remembrancer for us. You know, when we're in trouble, when we're feeling lonely and sad, doesn't the Lord bring sometimes to our remembrance words of comfort from the Scriptures? We sometimes remember that he said when we're feeling lonely and we feel as if nobody's with us, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. We think of those times when we are down in the dumps and we think that there's nobody with us. Then we have a comforter, one who is there to be with us, one who is called alongside us. And isn't that a tremendous source of comfort? There was a rabbi, Rabbi Slostowski, who was a professor of the Talmud, and he was very vehement against the Word of God and against Christianity. Uh, he uh, lived in Tel Aviv in Israel. He taught in a rabbinical seminary there, and he hated the Lord Jesus Christ. And one day he found um, one uh, of uh, a Jewish convert to Christianity reading the New Testament, and he lashed into him. And the, the young fellow said to him, well, he said, he said I, I'm going to give you a copy of this if you take it and read it and he said well surprisingly that he would and as he read the scriptures God brought to his remembrance all of the prophecies and as he read about the Lord Jesus Christ he could see how all of the prophecies were fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ and he said I have already found more than 200 passages in the New Testament that prove beyond a doubt that Jesus is truly the Messiah. The comfort that God brings by bringing to remembrance his words of assurance and his promises and his prophecies. He's also a reassurer from the truth. We read in Romans 8 verse 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And sometimes the devil may come and cause us to think, well, I'm not saved, or God has abandoned me, or I'm left behind in some way, or my life has been such that I couldn't be a Christian. And yet, then the Holy Spirit comes and witnesses with our spirit that we are truly the children of God. And again, that is a tremendous source of comfort. So that's where we got to last week. We thought about the comfort of the scriptures. But let's go on today, and I want us just to think of other ways that the Holy Spirit brings comfort to our hearts. And first of all, or first of all today anyway, there's the comfort of society, the comfort of his presence. In John chapter 15 and verse 26, if you look at it there, it says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And you can see that the um, Comforter um, is come, he, he shall testify of me, and he shall bear witness. And he comes and he dwells in the hearts of God's people. Those who are saved are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. 
Now, these disciples here in John chapter 14, they were fearful. They, they were downcast because they were beginning to understand that the Lord Jesus was about to leave them. They maybe didn't see all that was going to take place, but they could see that the Lord was preparing to leave them. And where were they going to be? The one who had been with them and comforted them, had given them words of wisdom, had uh, instructed them along the way, had been their guide, their, uh, their, their uh, reinforcer, their security. Where were they going to be now that he was going to go? The Lord Jesus, in a few minutes, is going to say in the words of verse 31, Arise, let us go hence. And he was going then to face his crucifixion. So where were they going to be in the face of all that? Well, what does the Lord say? You're not going to be alone. I'm going to send you another one. And the word another there is a word that means another of the same sort. I'm going to send someone who's going to be like me, who's going to come to you, and is going to be your comforter. The Lord's not going to leave them orphans. He's not going to leave them comfortless. There's going to be a comfort who will dwell with them forever. Notice verse 17 at the end of it. For he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. And if you're looking for comfort today, if you're a child of God, then what a wonderful thing it's to be able to say in the words of Colossians 1 and 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Lord said in John 14 and verse 23 here, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and will come unto him, and make our abode with him. And wasn't that a wonderful thing? That the Lord is with his disciples, with us along the pathway of life. But not only is he with us, he's in us. He's in us. It's even closer than being with us, being alongside us. He comes into our hearts. He dwells in us. Even when the disciples were scattered to distant corners of the world, and later when they were disseminating the gospel witness, no matter where they were, the Holy Spirit was in them. And oh, what a wonderful thing it is to know that the Lord is abiding in your life and in mine. And that comfort comes in at least two ways. What do you want? What do you need if you need comfort? Well, you need somebody to sympathize with you who knows you, first of all. Now, somebody, a stranger, can give some comfort. But if, if it's somebody that knows you, they are fitted to, to comfort you in another way. And what else do you need? Not only somebody that knows you, but somebody that's able to do something. If that person can do something to help you, if they can um, sort of mitigate the circumstance that you're in, or give, give you some, uh, uh, some resource that's able to get you out of the situation, then that's even more valuable. Now, what is the Lord Jesus? Well, the, or the Holy Spirit, rather. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. So he is able. He's able to do something. He's able to meet our need. 
We, we know that God is omnipotent and omnipresent. He, he's omniscient. He knows all things. You know, when we go to comfort people, the problem is that we don't know all about them or know all about the circumstances. We don't know what their need maybe exactly is. And maybe they're not saying what their need exactly is. But the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he knows all things. He knows about us. He knows the circumstances. He knows what we are and what we've been doing and what has come against us. He knows all things. He is God. And as God, he's able to do something. He's able to know what we are experiencing and he's able to do something. He knows us. You think of him as the third person of the Trinity. He's not a force. He's not, he's not just some kind of uh, impetus. He is a person. And as a person, he is able to come alongside. He knows as a person. He understands as a person. He cares as a person. And because he's a person, then he is fitted. He, know, he knows us. And he cares for us, and he loves us, and therefore he is able to give us the comfort that we need. He, he dwells in us, he's in us as the comforter who understands, who knows us, who is there to meet us at the point of our need. The psalmist said, whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence, he's constantly there. He's the God of all comfort, and he's the God of all grace. Today, he gives us the comfort of society, or the comfort of his presence. A third way that the Holy Spirit is able to give us comfort is the comfort of his security. He gives peace. Now, look at verses 25 to 27 here. He says, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, I want you to see, what does it mean? To experience, when he speaks, peace I leave with. What, what is this peace that he gives? Well, it's the peace of security. It's the peace, first of all, of reassurance. L look again at those verses, verse 25, 26 particularly. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the comforter which the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I said unto you. So he brings to remembrance the words of Scripture, and that's a reassurance. And it tells us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It tells us, him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. And we get all of this assurance from the word of God. And what a peace there is in that assurance. To know that my sins are forgiven. To know that I'm on the way to heaven. To know that there's therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Oh dear friend, it's a wonderful thing to be lifted up in the arms of love. 
You know, you think of the little child, maybe the three-year-old child, and they're terrified of the water, terrified of getting into the pool, terrified, especially if they get to the point where um, their uh, feet are not reaching the bottom. And they're absolutely terrified. But maybe then their father gets into the pool and takes them in the, the, his arms. And when they're in the father's arms, they're no longer afraid. The, he, he can take them away out beyond where their feet would ever reach the bottom. But they are uh, comforted and they're assured because they're in the arms of their father. And it's the same with us. We're in the arms of God. We're in the arms of the Savior. And we are comforted today that we are in his arms. And he gives us that reassurance. And I hope that you have that reassurance today. But not only is there reassurance, there's rest. He says in verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. And I want you to see that he will bring peace to our hearts. This peace that he speaks of is real. It's peace of mind, peace of heart. And the Holy Spirit is that security for us. He gives us his protection as the mountains are round about Jerusalem so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth and forever. You know, in, in the uh, days of the Lord Jesus, Greek soldiers would fight in a particular fat pattern on the enemy's field. They, they would stand in pairs back to back so that when the enemy came at them from the rear there were, or from the blind side, there was somebody to protect them on the blind side. And the soldier that stood on your blind side was actually known as the paraclete. And it's the same word that is used, paracletos, that is used here of the Holy Spirit. One who stands on your blind side. When the old devil is attacking you, when the world is coming against you, there is a Holy Spirit on your blind side, protecting you, giving you peace of mind and peace of heart. And his ministry is one of peace. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is to have the Lord Jesus Christ as our, our peace and the Holy Spirit there as the one who gives us that wonderful peace. So there is the comfort of his security. Something else, there's the comfort of his strategy. Because God has a plan or a strategy for your life and mine. Now, we, we say it about the comfort that there is in knowing that there's a plan for the world. That this world is a place that's upside down. And if, if we didn't think that there was a plan and a purpose, we would be worried. We would be comfortless. And when we look at this world, we know that there needs to be a plan. Well, God has a plan and purpose not only for the world, but he has a plan and purpose for your life and mine. It comes down to the individual. You see, if we had no purpose in our lives, our lives would be full of trouble. We wouldn't be happy. 
We, we couldn't be satisfied. Couldn't be satisfied if we felt we had no purpose. If at the end of the day our lives were as the atheists tell us, without plan and purpose and we just go down into the ground and that's the end of it and we're heard of no more. What, what would that tell us? We, we, we couldn't be happy with that. We'd drift along. Wouldn't, our lives would make no de- difference. And perhaps today, well, there are many out there and they feel that they have a purpose in life. They're building a business. They are looking for some goal or other. And it's not as if the world has no goal or no purpose. They do. Maybe their purpose is building an empire, building riches, building uh, some kind of influence or authority. But the thing about that, dear friend, is that our lives do come to an end. And that authority or that empire or those riches, we'll have to leave them behind. But do we have a purpose? Can we have a purpose and a plan that goes into eternity? Can we stand before our maker one day and have him say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. Well, thank God we can have the comfort of the Holy Spirit in that. In that, he guides us into all truth. He gives us a purpose in serving the Lord. He cleanses us. He sanctifies us. He makes us vessels unto honor that are sanctified and meet for the master's use. And he gives our lives an eternal purpose. A purpose not only for time, but for all eternity. And isn't there a comfort in that? We think of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, long-suffering, the fruit of the Spirit, and those are put in our lives by the Holy Spirit, and those are the fruit that will have eternal purpose. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. He gives us the wisdom to live day by day, and he gives an eternal purpose. I hope that your life has that kind of eternal purpose in the Lord Jesus Christ. Something else by which the Holy Spirit gives us comfort, we're calling this the comfort of solace. We, we, we read there about the, the word comforter is parakletos in the Greek, and the name paraclete sometimes people use the Holy Spirit, they call the Holy Spirit the um, paraclete. We said about the picture of the Greek soldiers, one on your blind side. There's also the picture of a boat that pulls alongside another boat that's in distress. And that uh, it gives that sense of security, that sense of safety. And that's the thought of the paraclete, one who comes when we're in distress, When we are in difficulty, we need one who will pull alongside us and lift us up. And the Holy, uh, the Savior prayed that the Holy Spirit would come in a new way, and He would draw alongside His people, and He would enhance our lives and touch our lives, 
and the Holy Spirit would come and be with each one of us. Now, when the, we think of the Lord Jesus here departing and what the disciples would have thought of the Lord Jesus departing, and I'm sure they thought that they were losing something that could never be replaced. But you know, really, what the Lord Jesus was saying to the disciples here is that you're, it's not that you're losing something that cannot be replaced. You're going to gain something that is far more than you've had before. There, there is an advantage to the child of God in the fact that the Lord Jesus has left and he has sent the Holy Spirit. Because not only are we saved, and not only are we going to heaven, and not only have we all of these blessings, but we have a comforter who's with us all of the time, who comes to console us when we're down, to lift us up when we're falling. You think of the words in Isaiah chapter 66, verses 12 to 14. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall ye suck, ye shall be born upon her sides, and be dandled upon her knees, as one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. And when ye see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like an herb. And the hand of the Lord shall be known toward his servants, and his indignation toward his enemies. He comes to be with us like a mother. A mother, he comforts us as a mother comforts us and dandles us upon her knees. So, he says, the Holy Spirit will comfort us. The God who, when Uzziah uh, usurped the place of the priest, the God who punished him for his rebellion, the God who is a God of wrath at times, is the God who comes near to you and me in comfort. Oh, what a wonderful thing that is. Oh, he comes to be our comforter. He comes to meet us at the point of our need. We're consoled by the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. So what a wonderful thing it is to have a comforter, to have one to strengthen us, secure us, one who guides us, teaches us, enables us, is there as the solace. When we're down, when we're defeated, he's there to lift us up. Oh, what a wonderful thing that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. You can thank God for that today, child of God. You can bless God for his mercy and for his goodness. The comforting of the Holy Spirit. May we rejoice in that with all of our hearts, even today. May God bless his word and write it upon our hearts for his name's sake. We'll turn to that last hymn there, whatever it is. Uh, 176, the hymn 176, the Holy Ghost is here, where saints in prayer agree, as Jesus' parting gift, he's near, each pleading company. Not far away is he, 
to be by prayer brought nigh, but here in present majesty as in his courts on high. We'll sing the first three verses of the hymn and we'll stand as we sing, please. loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we do thank thee for the one who is our comforter, who draws near to us and blesses us and gives us that solace that we need. And we pray, gracious God, that thou wouldst meet us at the point of our need. Bless us now, we pray of thee. And we'd ask thee that thou wouldst part us in thy fear and with thy blessing. For Jesus' sake, amen.